I'm Shannon. And I'm Rami, and this is Workplace Hugs. This is our podcast where we'll talk about interesting things we've read or heard and how it relates to the workplace experience. Our goal here is really simple. Help us all expand our workplace toolkit with a whole bunch of empathy without a whole new degree. And then we'll talk about it purposefully at three different scenarios. We'll hit it on the high level. We'll talk about it, how we've experienced it at the lowest level, and give you some examples from our own lives. And then we'll share some ways you can take this back into your own workplace life. Shannon, this is a topic that you've been trying to figure out for a few weeks now. And I will tell you, I've inadvertently joined two book clubs where they've (laughs) talked to me about this book. And that's actually made me not read the book because both my sister and my wife were reading it at the exact same time, I think whenever it came out. And they would just tell me how incredible different stories were about this person Uh uh, that are chronologically put into this book or however it is. And by the end of the two weeks that both of them were reading it, I was like, yep, I read that entire book because (laughs) you told me this story. You told me the next story. You told me this story. You told me the next story. So I have to imagine this book is super engaging and just like so good. I just, at this point, because of my inadvertent book clubs that I did not join. Yeah. (laughs) am, am still going to read it at some point, but feel like, I had to distance myself from it for a while to come to it freshly. So I'm excited. I'm excited for your take on it. So Shannon, we are we are talking about Where's Waldo? Is that correct? Yes. How did you know? Oh my god. <laughs> no, we are not talking about the man with the red and white striped shirt. We are talking about Becoming by Michelle Obama. The one, the only. But also, Rami, this is going to be kind of like a double header episode. I promise we'll still make it short in that I want to kind of smash up Michelle's career path in the book Becoming with another book that I read called The Adult Years by Frederick Hudson. I don't think you need to read The Adult Years by Frederick Hudson. It's pretty dense. It's pretty psychological. uh, And it has a picture of a computer from the 1980s on the cover. It's a really old book, but I think there's some really valuable principles within it. And as I was reading about Michelle's career experiences in Becoming, I was like, oh my gosh, she is like a living, walking permission slip to change your mind. Oprah and I had the same takeaway from from her book, and it was that. What? (laughs) Yes. You guys, Oprah. And Shannon, I love it. Right? Like, dreams do come true. If only Oprah and I could talk about (laughs) Becoming by Michelle Obama with Michelle Obama, then maybe real dreams would come true. So at the essence, three minutes into this episode, here's what we're actually going to talk about today. How to make career transitions with empathy. That's really at the heart of this whole topic. So in order to tee this up, though, I want to walk you through Michelle's career path, because I was not familiar with it, and you probably are, having been an involuntary <laughs> member of a book club. But her career path is kind of insane upon reading. So Michelle started in the private sector. She worked for a law firm in intellectual property law. She has a degree from Princeton and a law degree from Harvard, and then went straight into private sector. Sorry, intellectual property law does not seem like a, like a tertiary tar- type of law. This seems like a very specialized and also difficult type of law. So, th- yeah, so that's what she was doing. But then she went through a period where she didn't want to do that anymore. I mean, it's good that she did that because I'm pretty sure that's where she met Barack. So then from from 
private sector lawyer. Wait, sorry, lawyer. this is that Michelle Obama? Yes, did you know? <laughs> <laughs> so she goes from private sector lawyer to switching careers into working for the city government. She becomes assistant to the mayor of the city of Chicago. Okay, so that's a full, like, 180. Right? Takes a massive pay cut, makes all these changes. Okay, now get ready. Buckle up. More swerves ahead. Next, she works in the nonprofit space, and she is the executive director for a nonprofit called Public Allies. Wow. She does that for a little while. Okay, get ready. Here's another swerve. Next, Michelle goes into higher education, and she works for the University of Chicago as Dean of Student Affairs, or Associate Dean of Student Affairs. And then, swerve again, but within the same school system, she works for the hospital for the University of Chicago and community and external affairs. So this woman has literally been in like every possible sector, except for maybe finance. Finance is like the only thing that I can hear that she didn't do. But Mm -hmm. she worked private sector, public sector, nonprofit, higher education, and medicine. I'm just like, say what? Like when I read this book, I was blown away because... I guess now turning it into our experiences a little bit, and I'll give us a frame to talk about it with. When I was going through career transitions, like, oh man, I just like would beat the crap out of myself and assume that I was Mm -hmm. this weird person and nobody else does it or dares to think that these things are normal to do. And here Michelle Obama is (laughs) detailing out her career path in her autobiography and helping us all realize it's actually pretty normal to change your mind. (laughs) Like... Maybe even as much as one, two, three, four, five times. Well, and I think the big thing here is like changing your mind, changing your entire like path and career and and knowing that that is okay. And look, you can do that once and it doesn't work out. Keep trying, right? Like for her, she made, from what I'm hearing, four different like pretty major pivots. Yeah. And I think... To see someone who we all, um, I think, admire from a distance, to then get to understand her at like a deeper level, and then to see her go through the same thing that all of us go through, but to see her come out so, so amazingly on the other end, I think is uh, both inspirational and aspirational. I think for us as we think about those those changes and those moves in our lives, yep. not being as unique and 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 weird to us yeah so now let's shift gears and introduce the second book right so like we've got michelle standing up as the beacon of hope and inspiration to say career transitions yeah they let's let's normalize them a little bit so now let's shift gears and talk about the adult years particularly a concept within the book called the cycle of renewal so i don't know about you rami but when i graduated from college i was bought into this what I now know to be a lie that like, if my career was not moving in one direction being up, (laughs) then like I'm doing something wrong. Like it must be me. I'm screwing it up somehow. Is that, I'm going to validate your statement because I think for me too, what feels unique about us is, is very, I would say not unique, especially from the Michelle Obama position, but like to, to start where we did and end up where we are now is is a similar trajectory to hers right it's a lot of it's a lot of 180s yes and i think that has always felt like an outsider perspective and i think 
her goal here, and I think our goal with this with this episode is is to show that it, it really isn't. Like you and I both, if we map out our careers, have similar one eighty shifts. Totally. That are really tough. Like no one is going to tell you like making that type of change is easy. Yeah. Um, it takes a lot of a lot of self work and a lot of uh, detachment. But I think to get through those things, like you can you can do 180s and still succeed. And I think that's the that's the beacon of hope that I take from her. And I think you and I, at the beginning of our careers, both looked at it and said, okay, we need to get into this position and we need to move as fast as we can mm-hmm. to get to that next thing. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's the lie that we were all sold. And, and you can go down that path, but I think it's more common now for people not to be going down that path. More common, perhaps, but still a lot of self-judgment in that process. Yes. So let me introduce you to Frederick Hudson's model of the cycle of renewal. So instead of applying yourself to the model of saying, if I'm not going up and up and up, I must be doing something wrong. I want you to join in. Rami, if you want to join in too. Yes. And we're actually going to draw this out while we're talking through this podcast. So I want you to draw a huge circle on your sheet of paper and you can label it the cycle of renewal. Okay. And then I want you to draw a line from, like it's a clock face, from 12 to 6, and draw a line from 3 to 9. And these are the four different parts of the cycle of renewal that we're going to talk about. So between 9 and 12 o'clock on this clock face is a period of life that we call go for it. This is like the wind is in your sails. You have a clear vision for your career and where you're headed. You wake up every morning on fire and just so alive with your vision. Oftentimes when someone is in the phase of go for it, work-life balance can be a problem because they're just like so on fire with where they're going in their vision. Ooh, okay. yep. When I think about myself in that phase, I think of those times where it was like, oh, I could literally work 20 hours a day yes. because I'm so I'm so there like I'm just so energized by it okay yes so that's 9 to 12 that's 9 to 12 that's go for it go for it was me at my career at Target go for it is me now where I am now and an entrepreneurship and coaching but then let's normalize that between 12 and 3 you can label that quadrant the doldrums so doldrums is a sailing term that I didn't know until I read this book But doldrums means like you're trying to keep sailing, but there's just no wind left. Like you want to keep going. You want to keep pursuing this path, this vision that you had, but you're starting to feel a little in the dis phase of life. You're disenchanted. You're disengaged. Things just aren't going the way that you wanted them to be going anymore. Mm -hmm. You might be feeling a little bit like victimized or, or whatnot. So let's normalize that. I don't know if you can think of an experience of when you maybe were in the doldrums season of life. For me, this was at the last six months of my career at Target. I had reached the top. I had presented to the CEO. We had celebrated this huge project, but I felt empty inside. And I knew something needed to change. Yeah. I think for me, I took a transitional period between two roles in my career. One from like a smaller startup Um, just trying to figure out like what I wanted to do with my life. So the last few months there, it was like the same thing that you're saying, like there's no wind, like my sails are up, but like nothing is, is pushing me forward. It, It really was a perfect example of the doldrums. I think the, 
the really difficult part for me going through that and then leaving that position and taking some time off to reflect and figure it out was this feeling of, I don't know, at, at that point, I felt very much like a failure because oh, yeah, I started with that go for it and I had all that energy and it was like, okay, this must be coming from me. This energy and this all of this must be, I must be driving this. Yep. And then to see the wind come out of my sails was like, oh, I did something wrong. Like I have, I have failed in some way. And so a lot of that, that transitional period for me was trying to unwind myself from the idea of that being a failure and trying to figure out for myself what, what environment and what, what do I need to be doing to get myself back into that go for it phase Well, and I'm going to pause you there because I don't want you to get ahead of like the cycle because what you're describing might a little bit be your cocooning work too. Ooh, Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, We're going to get there. But I think the doldrums is really just that phase of disenchantment. Like you're just Mm -hmm. disgruntled. And really the work of someone who's in that phase is to figure out what your options are so that you can begin to find a way out of that space to then maybe doing the deeper reflective work that you talked about and getting to next. Like I can remember being in the doldrums and like I was doing informational interviews with like freaking everyone at target trying to figure out what my next role should be. And I, it was like, I was spear fishing in a pond where there were no fish because none of the fish that were there were meant for me. You know, Mm -hmm. like none of those career paths were going to be my career path, but I was like determined to try to spear a fish and like find the next path forward. But that ship had sailed. There's no fish Mm -hmm. left in that pond for me. Okay. But what you were talking about, well, first let's just anchor. So you're drawing your picture at three o'clock. There's a choice to be made. So that line that you drew from three back to nine, I want you to label that line mini transition. So there's two options that you can make when you reach the end of the doldrums. One is to do a mini transition. So that might be like, I'm going to stay in this same industry, but I'm going to change companies. Or I'm going to stay in this same company, but I'm going to change career paths within this company. You're going to do some sort of minor tweak to your life. But it's not going to be like huge and major. Got it. So it's like, okay. I see what you're saying. So it's like, okay, so the the constant is either the same type of job or the same company with a pivot being a different company or a different job within that same mm-hmm, place, but mm-hmm. not a not a full 180, more like a 45 to 60 degree yes. change. Yep. And we want to do that many times throughout our career, right? Like we want to try to keep that life chapter afloat. So between nine and three, like on the outside of that half of the circle, you can label that a life chapter. We want to keep that life chapter going, right? But maybe two or three times in our life, we make more major transitions. How many syllables could I make out of that word, Robbie? Major transition. I love it. I love it. I love it. There's like six in there, I think. So on the bottom half, on the outer edge of that circle, right? Transition. So first part that we just talked about was a life chapter. Now we're in a life transition. And between three and six o'clock is a phase of life called cocooning. So this is, as you might guess by the word, a time where you are going inward and you are really taking time to first restore your energy because you just went through a phase of life called the doldrums that like Mm -hmm. sucks the life right freaking out of you. 
And then the second part of that phase is really doing reflective work to understand what you want the next chapter of your life to be. So I think Michelle in becoming, or maybe in a different article I read, talked about like starting a journaling practice when she was at the law firm. That is a like picture perfect cocooner kind of thing to do, you know, to say, I'm going to start journaling to really reflect and take stock on what I envision I want the whole next chapter of my life to be. So let me ask you the question here. I decide I'm in the doldrums. I'm making the shift into cocooning. Is my journaling, which we're saying is a very good use of the cocooning phase. Is it really focused on what that next stage looks like? Like, what are the things that I'm thinking about as I'm journaling throughout this process? Is it, okay, what do I want for my life? When was I happiest in my life? What do, what is, what does success for me look like? How do I, how do I get, what do I, what do I take away from my go for it phases? And how do I like re-energize that portion of me? Yes. All of the above, like pretty much just like rewind this episode and go back and write down all of the questions that Rami just said. (laughs) And those are some beautiful journaling prompts to start with. Like you're doing some major, major reflective work to think about what you want to hold on to from the life chapter that you just walked through, what you're ready to let go of that is no longer serving you and what you want to begin to take on. So experimentation. And then shifting into, from that experimentation, what are you ready to move on, to like fully commit to and move into? So if I think about the cocooning phase of my time after I quit Target, P.S. you don't have to quit your job to cocoon. You can cocoon and work full time. It is a thing. I spent a lot of time, I would, I made a list of coffee shops that I wanted to try across the city. And I made a list of questions that I knew I needed to ask myself to figure out what was going to come next. Like, what are my values? How am I going to define success? All of those things, those beautiful questions that you just asked. And then I really forced myself to like actually do the work. I also read a lot of books about transition and change. Um, But I actually forced myself to turn it into journaling prompts to actually think about it. You know, sometimes like you could just like read the book and be like, yeah, that was Mm -hmm. nice. And then sometimes Mm -hmm. you could actually like do the work that the book suggests. I actually did some of the work that the book suggests. Yeah, I think you're hitting it on the nose. I think the hardest part in the cocooning phase, because you've just come out of such a low, is is forcing yourself to do the work. Because you already, at least for me, when I was in this phase, I was already in such a low and, and felt um, so defeated that to like to then challenge myself to really unpack was it was difficult because you're you're unpacking what can be really tough things, whether they're positive or negative memories, like they're really tough things. And I think going through this phase <clears throat> is such a, a phase of of growth and reinvestment in yourself mm-hmm. that you you kind of have to you have to find the baby steps that allow you to start to do that. And mm-hmm. so maybe the first prompts aren't the hardest ones. Maybe you're reflecting on positive things. And then you can start to unpack the the more negative things, mm-hmm. or you can you can start with the aspirational things, and and then start to work backwards, right? Like maybe the forward is is the the thing that gets you in your engine to start moving, and then you can start to unpack the backwards. But I think doing the work on the backwards has to happen to make the forward happen in a in a healthy way, and knowing that it it's going to. Um, it's going to be when you start taking those steps forward that something, your baggage isn't going to pull you back. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. Candidly, I think depression is a hallmark of this period. Mm -hmm. People Mm -hmm. would associate that a little bit with the doldrums, but I would say it's like doldrums heading into cocooning. You're feeling depressed. And so again, Rami and I are here to normalize this a little bit to say how human of you, if you're going through a phase of this in your career right now. Uh, And there are tools and ways that you can support yourself first by understanding this cycle at all. And also this fog eventually lifts, right? So we still have to talk about that final quadrant, right? So between six and nine o'clock in this little circle that you're drawing on your page, you can label that getting ready. This is a time where all this, like your energy is restored again. Finally, after just like doing the hard work of cocooning and going through the crap of doldrums, like you have energy and enthusiasm again. You have some idea of where you might want to head and you're beginning to experiment. You might be networking with a lot of people who are in this one of the new fields that you're considering. You might be uh, going back to school or taking some sort of coursework to prepare yourself for this new spectrum that's not what i'm looking for (laughs) this new possibility that you're wanting to try on for size and also let's normalize that there's some sloshing that happens Mm -hmm. so you might slosh a little bit back and forth between getting ready and cocooning because you go and like experiment and try some stuff out and then you're like oh i liked that but i didn't like that so i got to go back to cocooning and think about it for a little bit it's very normal to slosh between any of these like transition points throughout the cycle um, and then eventually you've done so much experimentation, you've you've gotten that clear vision that then you get yourself all the way back to go for it again. So that is the cycle of renewal in a nutshell. And that's Rami and I also sharing a little bit about our experiences within each phase. I guess we didn't touch on, do you have any moments that come to mind for you in that getting ready phase of what experimentation looked like? The biggest thing for me in that getting ready phase, and I've been in it multiple times, is just having just some patience because I think you're like, you're getting out of that like low, you're starting to build, you're starting to get really excited about, okay, I know maybe this is this is the industry or this is the place or this is the type of work that I want to do. And I think you get so, that feeling is such a, it's such a different feeling than what you've been feeling that you want, you want to get as much of that as you can. You want to, you almost want to jump right into the, the go for it phase. And I think what you need to keep in mind is very rarely does a transition happen as immediate as your, as your decision has been to, to make that change. Totally. And so even if you think you are ready the world itself still has to decide and help you get to that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I always get so excited that I, I lack passion, uh, passion, patience in this phase. And I think being patient in the getting ready phase is the most important piece because I think of it almost like a, a relationship, right? Like as soon as you've gotten over that last breakup, and you're ready for the next one, you still have to be patient that you don't just jump into whatever is there. Yes. Like you have to make sure that you are making a smart decision based on the work that you just did on yourself to make sure that you don't quickly get back into the doldrums again. Like that what you're what you're doing is is more focused on the go for it rather than the the blinders of disregarding that you just went through doldrums and cocooning because you now have this cool idea. Totally agree. Totally agree. And a lot of times, because transition is not something that we're 
we're very familiar with, I think, as a society, people want to skip over the work of cocooning and like just do like the tail end of getting ready, like just do like the little bit bare minimum possible and like quickly get back to go for it again, because go for it is the fun place that we all want to be. And pretty consistently, I would say I see in, in clients and in autobiographies that I read, like Becoming by Michelle Obama, the more time that you can spend sitting in that like reflective getting ready space, the easier it's going to be. And the longer I feel like your next life chapter will last, mm-hmm. you know, because you're, you've put in the time and the thought to really make sure that what you're doing next is going to work for you. The last thing I would touch on with getting ready too is the importance of like small time frame experiments, right? Like this is not a time or season for you to make huge commitments. So how can you really focus on like short little snippets of experimentation in whatever you're considering until you know for sure that it's the thing that you want to move towards? Absolutely. And I think to to give examples from at least myself, and I think hopefully you have felt the same way. I think when I've taken that three to nine, that cocooning and getting ready phase and made it as short as possible with mm-hmm. like a huge change, not a minor change like you talked about, but like with a huge change. I think that has forced that time period of change to be very short. Like it it ends up not being a good fit and then you get out of that thing. Right. So I think about myself, right. When it was like, Oh, you know, I still haven't figured out what I want to do. And so this opportunity comes along. It's a really good one. I'm going to take it, but I haven't done the cocooning work. I haven't done the getting ready work. And so I jump right into go for it. And you know what? I got in my doldrums really quickly. Like my clock, my clock, because I ran it really fast on the bottom, it ran really fast on the top. And so it's like, how do you run it slow on the bottom so that when you get to the top, it runs just as slow? And I think that's, at least for me in my experience, that's exactly how I felt. When I go really quick from three to nine, because I'm, and, and, and keep in mind, if you're making that decision to jump from three to nine, because it is a minor change, that's fine. Yeah. I'm talking about doing a major change, but running from three <laughs> down quick. to six yeah. up to nine. <laughs> I found myself running in the same way from nine to 12 and 12 to three very quickly. And so yeah. if you don't put in the, the time and the effort in the cocooning and getting ready phase, you are going to see that same lack of energy and effort in the go for it slip right into cocooning again. Yeah, that's Rami. That's genius. I love that. So if we try to speed through the bottom, the clock's going to run fast on the top too. Okay, so let's wrap this. I could talk about this forever, by the way, but let's wrap (laughs) this because this episode is already getting long. Um, So how do you take this home and apply it to your workplace career experience right now? First, I want you to identify where you might be in the cycle of renewal. I want you to like literally try to get very reflective and name it and be radically honest with yourself. Second, based on where you are, first embrace that that is where you are. Don't try to speed. Don't try to rush into the next phase and think about what you need to do. So for each one, let's run it through really quickly. If you're in go for it, what you need to do is create efficiencies and work to maintain your work-life balance. Create systems for yourself to maintain work-life balance. That is your goal and go for it because like, you're clear you're on fire and you're at risk of burning out. If you are in the doldrums, you need to get clear on what your options are and put yourself back into being the leader of your own life. So you might feel like you don't have options and that you're trapped. You have options. 
sit down, talk with a friend, and think through what your options are. Quit, stay, find a different job, whatever it might be. If you were in cocooning, just a really straightforward one, you need to start a freaking journal. <laughs> like, I know nobody likes to do this, but reflection is a skill that our society could use a whole lot more of, I think. So sit down, make a list even, a table of contents of the questions that you need to ask yourself in this phase to help you move more clearly into your next life chapter. If you're in getting ready, consider creating a learning plan for yourself or like a list of experiments of things that you want to try and what hypothesis you're testing for. So you can actually get clear to move into it, go for it again. So those are some quick takeaways for you guys. I love it. With that, Shannon, I'm going to say one last thing and then we'll, we'll end. I think the big thing in the, the, the goal of this episode was really to show someone as amazing as Michelle Obama made a lot of 180 turns in her career and she turned out just fine. Shannon and I have made a lot of 180 turns And we've turned out just fine. I think the <laughs> At scariest... At least we think so. <laughs> we think so. Our parents tell us so. <laughs> I would just say that when you're thinking about where you are on the clock phase, where you are in your career, where you are in your life, like it's never it's never too late to make a 180 change and and know that it it's a very difficult thing to go through. It takes a lot of vulnerability. It takes a lot of self-empathy. But getting into that go for it phase when you think about the highs the lows that get you there are always going to be worth it you just have to be willing to go into them knowing that on the other side of this valley is a peak and you can try and make that peak into a nice plateau and and run flat on that peak for as long as you can if, if you set yourself up in the right way but know that you you can make that change and can find success in it in the same way that that Michelle Obama did and i think that that's just like the the nicest the nicest way of 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 seeing yourself succeed or or making a change yeah yeah agree Okay, we would love for you to catch up with us at Workplace Hugs on Instagram and tell us where you think you might be in the cycle of renewal and ping us if you're like, I still don't know what to do next <laughs> and we'll do our best to support you there. With that, I've been Shannon. I've been Rami and this has been Workplace Hugs. Workplace Hugs.